I am believing God to sanctify me wholly, but how do I know he's done it? What should I expect? What does it feel like? I do not want to deceive myself, and I also don't want to stop short of receiving a pure heart in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Good morning, and welcome to God's Resistance. Thank you for tuning in to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. We are local in the Wilkes-Barre area. We cover the Wyoming Valley. We are looking to start small groups so that we can talk about spiritual matters and look at the Bible together. We're trying to plant churches. We're trying to be disciples ourselves and to make disciples. And if you'd like to have a Bible study, we want you to contact us. You can do that through Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us for video content, teaching, and preaching. You can find us on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. And if you need something, please also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Let's listen in on today's briefing. Last week, we talked about the faith needed to be sanctified holy. This week, we are going to be talking about the witness of the Spirit. I want to read a few verses to you. Acts 15, 8, And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Romans 8, 15 through 16, The Spirit itself, or himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Here we find in all of this a knowledge of our spiritual state in Christ. In a court case, what is a true verdict based upon? Some essentials are the defendant, two or more witnesses, the facts, truth or the law, and the judge. The defendant is the one under examination. The witnesses are those that testify to what they saw. The facts are the evidence. The truth of the law is the rule or point of reference that the facts are weighed against to determine the verdict. And the judge 
makes the decision to determine the final and authoritative verdict. Though there are many parts needed in order to determine a just verdict, I'd like to focus pointedly upon the aspect of a witness. There are, in a proper verdict, the necessity of at least two witnesses in order for the evidence to even be considered as verified or truthful. Deuteronomy 17.6 says this, At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death, but at the mouth of one witness he shall not be put to death. So in light of this introduction here, I'd like to consider four points. First, the witness of our spirit. Second, the witness of the Holy Spirit. Three, how do I relate to God based on the testimony of these two witnesses, of the witness of of my spirit and the witness of the Holy Spirit? And then four, what is the way by which these two witnesses communicate without confusion? In order for us to walk with God and have a steady walk with him, we must know the verdict as to where we stand with God. These are some important questions from which the answers must be known. How do I know if I'm saved? How do I know if I'm sanctified holy? You may say, the Bible only speaks about the witness of the Spirit as it relates to our adoption, but not to our sanctification. But we see that that's not the case when looking in the book of Acts, as I referenced in the beginning, Acts 15.8, of which verse we already read, God bore witness to the household of Cornelius of their sanctification. The witness of the Spirit is essential to a fruitful Christian life. The question, how do I know if I'm walking with the Lord, is one that needs a definite answer. I hope by God's help to point to Him and to His truth and bring to light some others' experiences to help clear confusion and give us a more definite aim so that we are not seeking for something that God may not give us. And God help us to be honest. So first, the witness of our spirit, not without the aid of the Holy Spirit, however. It is a conclusion that's drawn from the word of God, from our own experience, and from the obvious marks of a Christian life as the Bible talks to us about. Have I met God's conditions to my knowledge? That's something I need to know, and that's something I can know inwardly. God gives us conditions in his word. Have I met them? Hebrews 11.4, we read, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abel was meeting God's conditions of faith when he trusted God with his very best. And then this verse also shows us that Abel had a self-knowledge of this. This was shown by his very actions of giving God his very best, and God gave Abel the testimony that Abel's sacrifice pleased God more than his brother's sacrifice. He had an inner knowledge. He knew he met God's conditions. He knew that the favor of God was upon him. Ephesians 1.13, in whom, that is in Christ, he also trusted After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the witness of the Spirit is only received after you have met the conditions and believed. So you can't feel that you're saved before you first meet God's conditions, and one of those is to trust Him. And then he gives you the witness to let you know 
you are accepted in the beloved. But we must meet God's conditions in order for our own spirit to communicate that truth to us. Another thing is, now, have I met God's conditions to my knowledge? Another question is, does our conscience accuse us? If this is the case, then we need to get some things settled with God. Is this accusation true in the light of God's word applied to my situation? So just because I have an accusation coming to my conscience does not necessarily mean that God is displeased with me, because we also know that there is a great enemy of our souls who is dubbed the accuser of the brethren. So I must test and try the spirits. I must look inside of the word of God. I must ask God to shed his divine light on my own soul and on my mind to know if these accusations are in fact founded. Are these accusations accurate? That's what I need to know. So does our conscience accuse us? Am I guilty or is this a sensitive conscience accusing me or accusing you where there are no just grounds for accusation? There's sometimes people are afraid that they've committed the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost and feel like they can't get saved. I don't know how many times I've talked with individuals that are so sensitive in conscience, and that's where they are. They're, they're saying, Pastor, I feel like I've uh, uh, committed that unpardonable sin that Jesus speaks of, and I'll never be able to be saved. The sole fact that those people are concerned about their souls and concerned about salvation proves that they have not blasphemed the Holy Ghost because they still have a conscience toward God. Also, sometimes these accusations that come to us, they can be nebulous and not defined, just kind of having the sense of displeasing God without knowing why. If you are doing something God does not like, he will very clearly help you to understand what it is that you are doing because God wants to remedy the situation. The devil would hurl accusations at us and then make us feel so hopeless that there's no way out. God would convict us to show us the problem and then show us the way out because he doesn't want us to stay there. Does our conscience accuse us? Does our conscience excuse us? Does my conscience justly accuse me of fault or guilt in the light of God's word? Does my conscience excuse me when it is evident by God's word in my own conscience that I truly am guilty or at fault? There can be that aspect of excusing, you know, just God's working in my conscience. I push it off to the side and say, oh, forget it. I don't, I don't care about this. Or it can be that your conscience knows that, that you've done nothing against God and it excuses uh, the accusations and pushes them off to the side. We need to understand that. Is our conscience clear before God. Here's some questions. Have I repented and forsaken all sin, or do I still hold on to some sin? Am I being honest with God? Do I show the first fruits of the Spirit? And the opposites of the fruits of the Spirit are, are mixed in that kind of carnal condition. I'm saved, and I'm not yet sanctified holy, so I have the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the flesh kind of mixed inside of my breast. Some of these are this. Hate, a sourness of spirit, strife, wanting to argue with people and just always be right and, and having that argumentative spirit at all times or having the attitude of, I can't put up with this anymore or this carnal harshness that thinks that you're better than others and beats down on them. A general badness that you can sense and feel in your own soul. Unbelief, pride, 
or you're you're controlled by your passions against your better judgment. The anger in, inside of your heart just boils up until it just the cork pops off the top and you let people have it. Is your conscience clear? Do I show the first fruits of the Spirit, even if it is in a mixed condition? Are there also the fruits of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, long-suffering, and gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Do I have those fruits inside of me? So this whole section, I was just talking about the witness of our own spirit, but then there's also the witness of the Holy Spirit. He will not only witness to our spirits by the word, but with our spirit. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So what is the witness of the spirit of God? The witness of the spirit is not a blessing or a feeling. It lies in the realm of fact. The Christian is blessed when on the mountaintop, but the blessing disappears when he reaches the valley of sorrow and trial. But the witness of the Spirit glows on through both of those experiences. Here you can see the difference. It's not about feeling. It's in the realm of fact. While we walk, the witness assures our hearts that God is with us and that he will keep that which is committed to his care. That witness of the Spirit is a consciousness wrought in the soul by the Holy Ghost that a change is effected and that God himself abides inside of our souls. So does the Holy Spirit testify to me that I'm saved? We talked about, I know in my own spirit I've met God's conditions. I find the fruits of his spirit that weren't there before I was saved, and I see them there now. But now there's also this witness of the spirit of God himself joining together with my own spirit, telling me that I am a child of God, that he has in fact wrought a change in my soul. Does the Holy Spirit testify to me that I'm saved? Have I received the adoption of sons? Am I a child of God? You can know this as clear as you know you're alive. This is the privilege of every born-again believer. One of the greatest grand doctrines of Methodism, besides having a holy heart, was this witness of the Spirit, not to stop short until I know God has accepted the sacrifice until I know I'm saved, until I know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, until I know that he dwells within without a rival. So does the Holy Spirit testify that I'm saved? Okay. What about this question? Does the Holy Spirit testify that you are sanctified holy? Are you looking for a feeling or are you looking for a person? The Holy Spirit testifies that you have given all that you have, exercised faith in Christ and his blood to cleanse you from all sin. So you've given him all that you have and you exercise faith in Christ and his blood to cleanse you from all sin. And the Spirit of God testifies to the individual that has done that, that in fact this has happened and it's a present reality inside of the heart. Does the Holy Spirit testify with me? Or against me. In Amos 3.3, we read, Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the answer is no. I can't say, Hey, come with me. I'm going to go to New York City. And then you had the exact opposite direction that I am. And then fool yourself to believe that you are, in fact, agreeing with me when we are both walking in two separate directions. It's the same with the Spirit of God. He either testifies with us or against us. He either, he either testifies with your spirit 
or against your spirit. And we want to have the knowledge that he's testifying with our spirits. Hebrews 11.4, we read, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. I already spoke about this just a little while ago, that Abel had the assurance in his own heart that he had given God a pleasing sacrifice. Well, God also testified with Abel's spirit that he had accepted that sacrifice. And that witness, this witness testifies that the gift offered is accepted by God. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Number three, how do I relate to God based on the testimony of these two witnesses, of the witness of my spirit and the witness of the spirit of God? Is it a joint testimony? That is the question that you and I have to answer. Both your spirit and the Holy Spirit testify jointly or together that all the conditions have been met. Deuteronomy 19.15 One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. John 5.31, if I bear witness of myself, if I bear witness of myself, Jesus said, my witness is not true. But in the 32nd verse of that same chapter, there is another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. So even Jesus said, if I just came and said that I was the son of God, it wouldn't be true. But I'm giving you that witness as well as God himself. So there's a joint witness. God's witness and your witness must agree in order to be valid. Sometimes, however, there might be a cloud. You can't be knowingly against the Lord in anything. There may be times, however, when your heart condemns you, but God doesn't. And God is greater than your heart. 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. In other words, sometimes people have such an oversensitive conscience, they feel condemned all the time when God from his throne sees the heart and finds no ill or wrong there. And God can help us there. He's greater than our hearts if we are in fact right and somehow are confused and believe we're not. So is it a joint testimony between myself and the Spirit of God? Or is it a single testimony? Do I think I'm right, but God's Spirit keeps showing me something in my life where it's not right? Or is it a conflicting testimony? Does my Spirit contradict the Holy Spirit? I want His Spirit and my spirit to agree. I do not want there to be a discrepancy between the witness of God's spirit and the witness of my spirit. I want it to be that in the mouth of two witnesses, let the truth be established before God and in my own consciousness. So then, in what way do these two witnesses 
use to communicate to one another without confusion. Because before I said it wasn't just a feeling. So how is this? How can I find the objective truth in the witness of the Spirit and know that I'm where I should be with God without being all confused in my mind trying to sort through what I believe is God's voice, impressions, and all feelings and all sorts of other things? Well, one of the greatest instruments is the Word of God. The Word of God will help us to know if we are, in fact, on track with Him. So we need to have a pure motive first when we come to the Word of God. John 3.21, Jesus said, He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So I have to have a heart that says, I'm coming to God's word. I'm going to allow him to put his finger on any area in my life and then to show me what the truth is in the light of his word. So I have to have a pure motive in coming to God is that I want to know my state, whether good or bad. I want to know what's true and real in his sight. I have to have an honesty of heart. So that when God reveals something, I don't just turn a blind eye and say, whoa, I don't really like that, (laughs) what God has shown me, that can't be right, and then we just turn away. No, I have to have honesty. I've got to have a brokenness that says, I can't fix this myself. I can't just live this life, you know, in such a way to just plow on forward. I need to know my God and walk with him. So there needs to be a brokenness there. And with that brokenness, there comes a humility, realizing that I am just a sinner saved by grace. I'm I'm just a human being, and I'm tainted with this sinful world just like anybody else. I have to bow myself before God and realize that he's going to be the one that shows me the truth. And I have to have a hunger for truth and a hunger for righteousness. So the word of God is going to guide me so that I know that the witness of my spirit and the witness of his spirit, if those things are true, right, and settled according to his truth, the word of God is going to be the means by which God's spirit and my spirit can safely communicate with one another, and I can realize that there's a joint testimony there, and in fact, God has done for me what I've asked him to do. So, in conclusion then, what am I looking for to know that God has done the work? I've got to seek what is scriptural with a pure motive. I've got to meet God's conditions. I have to have a clear conscience. And I have to notice that there is a change within. And when that happens, God testifies to the work done. All those things have to be involved here in the witness of God's spirit. Notice that it's not a feeling first and then believe. First, it's meeting his condition, and specifically here, if you're seeking a holy heart or to be sanctified holy, first, I need to entirely consecrate my whole being to God, and then I need to believe that he will do the work before receiving the witness that the work has been done. Because if I don't believe, he's not going to give me the witness because that is part of his conditions. I can't know that I am sanctified holy without first believing God to do it. So those things have to be there first. Here's some marks of the witness of his spirit. A great holiness preacher, R.E. Carroll, brought out these things. A humble joy, a yielding spirit, a mildness and sweetness, a tenderness of soul, a keeping of his commandments, and the fruits of the spirit. 
also the direct testimony of the Spirit of God to his acceptance of your offering. Here's a few safeguards also. It is possible that there may be foretastes of joy, of peace, of love that are real, and they're from God, long before we have the witness in ourselves. And many people have seen a soul, I'm saying this to Christians, many Christians have been in a, in a church service or some special meetings, watching people pray at an altar of prayer, and they get up from the altar with an unsatisfied look on their face and an unsatisfied longing in their heart because they don't have the assurance that God has in fact come through. They don't have the witness of God's spirit. They have this longing for divine assurance, and that is the spirit's protection against deception, self-deception, because we are easily self-deceived. We need the testimony of the all-seeing God that sits on this throne of judgment. I can't figure this out myself. I need God to show me. God does not give you the witness of his spirit testifying against your conscience or in place of your conscience. So there are people that have a careful or a scrupulous conscience. If that is taking place, the Spirit of God aids the oversensitive conscience. He'll never override it, but he will try to train our conscience in the right way so that we can intelligently move forward without having foundations cut out from under us. Another safeguard for us to realize is this. The witness of the Spirit may not always be as bright and as clear as you, are, as you would like. Some of the reasons are our bodily infirmities. When you don't feel good, that affects us. That affects our perceptions. I know, you know, if you get a fever, you don't think straight. When you get a cold, you can hardly even pray sometimes, it seems. Bodily infirmities, weaknesses of the body, weaknesses of the mind sometimes can affect our perceptions. So there's that we have to take into account, but also manifold trials. Sarah Palmer, who is the sister of Phoebe Palmer, a great holiness teacher, she said, since that blessed day that the Lord had sanctified her holy, I think there has not been one hour in which my soul has not been sweetly resting in the precious atonement. Though the witness of the Spirit has not been withdrawn for an hour, yet there have been instances when sudden temptation has assumed so much the appearance of sinful emotion as to cause deep pain. But I have been invariably enabled almost instantly to appropriate that blood which cleanses us from all sin. So don't get discouraged if it doesn't seem as bright and as clear as it may have at other times. Also, the witness may not be bright and clear because of some carelessness in our life, and we've got to guard that. But you, as a Christian, it is your privilege to know that you're saved, and it is a privilege to know that you are sanctified holy. So how about it, listener? Do you have the witness of God's spirit that you are, in fact, saved? Have you repented of all your sins and trusted in him, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's saved you? How about it, Christian? Do you have the witness of your own spirit and the spirit of God that you have consecrated your entire being over to God and that you have trusted him? to sanctify you wholly, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And do you have the witness of his spirit that he has baptized you in the Holy Ghost, that he has cleansed your heart from all sin? Do you know that? If you don't know that, you can. 
And if you don't know that, you need to keep pressing in until you do know it, unless you be deceived. And God doesn't want us to be deceived. Remember those verses I read in the beginning, much out of 1 John, the epistle? He said that we may know, that we may know, that we may know. That is a theme that is repeated throughout that epistle because God wants us to know. Because if we know, we have confidence in the place of prayer. If we know, we have confidence to be bold witnesses for Jesus Christ in a world that hates God. And when we have that confidence, people can see it all over your life. People can see it in your eyes and they can see it all over your face. So if you do not have the witness of God and his spirit and your spirit joined together, that you are a son of God and that you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and sanctified holy, press in until you do know. Please tune in next Sunday at 9 a.m. If you'd like a copy of this broadcast, or if you need someone to talk to or to pray with, please contact us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like us and follow us for teaching, preaching, and video content. Look for us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. You can email us also at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Join the resistance. God's Resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.